I've been watching, I was watching Poltergeist last month. I got a question. Why don't white people just leave the house when there's a ghost in the house? Y'all stay in the house too fucking long. Get the fuck out of the house. Very simple. It's a ghost in the house. Get the fuck out. And not only did they stay in the motherfucking house and pull the guys, they invited more white people over. Sitting around going, our daughter Carol Ann's on the television set. I would have been gone. If I had a daughter been down the precinct saying, look, man, um, I went home and my fucking daughter's in the TV set and shit, so I just fucking left. You can have all that shit. I ain't going to back, back to the motherfucker. And, uh, I just came down so when she ain't up at school, you th don't think I killed the bitch or nothing like that. But she is inside the TV set. You can have all that shit. Fuck it. Uh, Mr. Murphy, didn't you try to save your daughter? Yeah, I'm a man. I tried to save. I turned the channel. The shit didn't work. I got the fuck out. <laughs> The following program contains violence, disturbing imagery, nudity, and, oh my God, why are you even watching this? Just run away. This shit is going to give you nightmares. For real. Nightmares where you are running naked on a treadmill made of razor blades, and your third grade teacher is pointing and laughing at you. Why? Why are you recording this podcast? Why not? And we're just getting started. Welcome back again, lurkers, to the podcast so scary, you forget to scream. The podcast so horrible, you question your own fucking sanity for listening. I'm talking about the Next Level Network production of... What lurks behind Podcast Zero? And this, this, my friends, is the sixth installment of this undead podcast. Today, the podcast will be invading your home and your ear canals as I'm going to review the newly released slasher sequel about a triplet of fucked up mass killers who love to play with their prey. Yes. Today, the focus is on The Strangers Pray at Night, a.k.a. The Strangers 2. But first, a few slabs of meat I need to tenderize before giving my killing joke of analysis to the newest entry of horror in the theaters from this past weekend. DC Prime Time. I'm looking at you guys. 
Okay, yeah, I know. This isn't horror-related, but it's network-related. So fuck you, I'm talking about it. No, it's really cool. Tonight, uh, I'm recording this. The boys for DC Primetime, Ben and Rob, uh, they're talking to uh, The Flash. No, not Grant Gustin. Not Ezra Miller. No, we're talking actually the original Flash. Well, one of, because I think there was a live-action Flash before him. Anyways, whatever. Um, 1990, The Flash. John Wesley Shipp. Who would later on go to play Henry Allen slash Jay Garrick on the current Flash. So, yeah, he's he's still technically a Flash when you think about it. But, yep. That's what they're doing tonight. Lucky bastards. No, it's really cool, though. I mean, their next episode that's coming up is their 100th. It's a milestone, and it's it's worth celebrating. It's worth talking about. I'm talking about it. I'm not even a part of the podcast, and it's, it's exciting for me just being part of the network and whatever. So it's awesome. And I, I, I just I wanted to make a mention, say congratulations to them guys. I know they're in for a really fun week, so so it's awesome. But back to the horror. The blood, the guts, the spewage. No. Dread Central presenting Terrifier. Terrifier actually looks really cool. I uh, posted the trailer on the Facebook page if you've uh, had a chance to check it out. If not, you should, because this uh, movie looks like it's going to be all sorts of fucked up. And I'm looking forward to it. With Art the Clown. Yeah. No, it looks really fucked up. It looks really cool, though. Sadly, though, it has a very limited release. Only one theater in Canada. In Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, of all fucking places. I think Toronto's already had it. I think that's why, but... I don't know. Select theaters till March 27th. Then it goes to video on demand. But seriously, check out the trailer because this movie looks fucked up and cool. Another cool uh, story to bring up. Alley Cat Graphics and the people responsible for the upcoming documentary Pennywise, the story of it. They recently posted the artwork of the slipcase for their exclusive Blu-ray that uh, that's coming out uh, they also posted a link to the Alley Cat Graphics website for people that want to purchase the original limited print um, Pennywise the story of it basically it's a feature length documentary uh, the makers of RoboDoc the creation of RoboCop and You're So Cool Brewster the story of Fright Night which that's actually on Shudder for anyone who wants to check it out. But anyways, uh, makers of those documentaries are doing this. Uh, it's going to be featuring over 40 interviews with cast and crew, including Tim Curry, uh, from Tommy Lee Wallace's 1990 TV classic Stephen King's It. So I, I don't think it has anything to do with the 2017 movie. This is strictly the 1991 like 1990 film, not 1991. <laughs> um, the documentary is going to explore the legacy of the show as well as the cultural impact that Pennywise had on a generation of fans. Uh, 
behind the scenes footage is going to be included, exclusive photos. And uh, they're, they're really hyping up the fact that Tim Curry is a part of it as well. Release date is listed as 2018. And they haven't said like any specific month or day yet. And it's directed by Christopher Christopher Griffiths. Want to make sure I said his name right, because we all know I'm great at fucking up names. Also, another story. This actually had me pretty fucking excited. So we've known for a while David Gordon Green's Halloween uh, releasing in October. October 19th, 2018. Yes, I know last week I fucked up and said 2017. October 19th, 2018 uh, is when the new Halloween is releasing. And basically the premise of the the film is it's going to act like none of the sequels have ever happened. This is technically taking off from the end of Halloween 1. And uh, so the cool thing, though, uh, Danny McBride, who's one of the co-writers for, uh, the, for the script, has said that even though they're ignoring all the sequels, there will be homages to all of them. So I think that's pretty fucking cool. Like, even though you're basically going to act like you know, there's been no sequels at all. They're still going to have little eggs and homages to all the sequels. I think that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, basically, uh, I grabbed a quote here. Uh, this picks up after the first one McBride just told Flickering Myth. The Halloween franchise has kind of become a little bit of like choose your own adventure. You know, like there's some, they say some, it's supposed to be so. There's so many different versions and the timeline is so mixed up. We just thought it would be easier to go back to the source and continue from there. So, you know, they basically, like I said, they're part one and this will be like the continuation from that. McBride added though, we do reference the other movies for fans. We pay homage and respect to every Halloween that has been out there. So I think that's pretty fucking awesome because, you know, uh, there's been quite a bit of like I wouldn't say there is vitriol towards it but you can tell that certain fans have had you know mixed feelings about the fact that none of the sequels would exist Danielle Harris herself has made mention of that I mean she played a huge role in parts 4 four and 5 and in Rob Zombie's remake <laughs> but we speak not of that <laughs> no I'm kidding no they stand on their own for what they are just that second one that he did was really fucking weird uh and as i mentioned before i mentioned this last week dario argento's tenebrae soundtrack getting the vinyl treatment pre-orders for the 2lp will commence on wednesday march 14th and as i learned with dawn of the dead i probably wouldn't hold out too long before ordering as wax, waxwork records tend to run out of product quite rapidly, especially for some of the most sought-out soundtracks. This is probably going to be one of those, so... You know, don't don't wait too long. If, you, if Tenebrae is something you want, grab it as soon as you can. But now, I think it's time to grab a burlap sack cut some holes into it and cover our heads with it so we can merrily go a-stalking 
as I unravel my horrific thoughts on this week's topic. But first though, while I go sharpen my knives, I think we'll have a small break with some words from fellow Next Level Network podcast host, Rob, who's just part of DC primetime. I'll let him do some talking. And then I'm going to drop the trailer for Strangers Pray at Night just to set the mood, which, yes, I do want to say something. Last week, I did the trailer for 1031. You know, when you're watching the trailer, you don't really realize when there's no dialogue. (laughs) So here I posted this trailer and there's all this music and all this music and all this music. And then all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, I need to just jump in and start talking because there's no talking. Um, This trailer's not as bad as that one. But anyways, whatever. We're going to drop the trailer. And then once all that carnage is taken care of, then I'll be back to stalk and stab my way into a non-spoiler. Yes, non-spoiler. I'm not putting spoilers on this. Because this movie just came out. It's just fresh in the theater, so no spoilers. Uh, But I'm going to give my non-spoilery thoughts on the latest film from director Johannes Roberts. Oh, and if someone knocks at your door while I'm gone... Whatever you do, don't open the door if they ask for Tamara. Hey everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods and DC Primetime, and I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already. And that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already, such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast, uh, in addition to our flagship show, The Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews, great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show. This place seems empty. I think everybody leaves after Labor Day. This is nice, right? There's someone else standing here? Is Tamara home? I think you have the wrong trailer. I thought we were all alone.
Okay, so The Strangers Pray at Night. Part two, the sequel to the original The Strangers from 2008. That one was with Liv Tyler, Scott Speedman. That was really good fucking movie. So, of course, naturally, this one comes out, and I have I even avoided the trailer up until, like, after I saw the movie. I did not want to know what I was getting into. Now, I had seen a few people online, didn't spoil anything, but basically said this one wasn't as good as the first one. I kind of already expected that going into this, because usually sequels very seldomly are better than... The originals. So, I went in knowing I'm going to see at least hopefully a good movie. Not a great movie. And in terms of it being a horror movie sequel, it does what it needs to do to be a successful sequel. The thing is, is the question that needs to be asked is the strangers pray at night a, a successful sequel to the strangers cuz that original film was kind of in a league all its own when it came out i mean it was an interesting film because very minimal use of music it was very creepy. It was it was basically what what the film the original film ran, I think, eighty-five minutes. And I'd say probably seventy minutes of that was these three fucked up misfits just stalking these two people. <laughs> like literally hardly doing anything but just stalking them. But it was fucking unnerving. Now, with most sequels, what happens? Sequels mean, you know, more kills, more gore, more action, more everything. So, going into this, I was like, all right. I know there's going to be a bit more of everything. But will they have a bit more of the stalking aspect? We'll get into that in a minute because first off, I just want to say I've got to get all the details out of the way. Released March 9th, 2018. 2018. 18. (laughs) Fuck. After last week when I said Halloween was coming out in 2017. Jesus Christ. Anyways, so this was released just this past Friday, March 9th, 2018. Directed by Johannes Roberts. Written by Brian Bertino and Ben Cattay. And Brian Bertino, who was the original writer and director of the original The Strangers, actually has no involvement with this film besides writing the original screenplay. That's all he did. He wrote the original screenplay, and it was, see ya, I'm gone, bye-bye. So, technically, this is Ben Katai's or Ben Katay's 
writing because Brian Bertino only wrote the original screenplay and that was it. Produced by Brett Dahl, Alastair Burlingham, David Dinerstein, and Ken Halsband. That's to name a few, to be honest. I think there was something like 20 producers on this. It was fucking crazy. Music by Adrian Johnston. Uh, in the music... I like the music in this movie. But there's more of it in this movie. Again, the whole sequel thing being, you know, bigger, better, more. You know, that's usually what most sequels try to pull off. And with this, there's more of a score this time around. And also great use of 80s music. More on that to come. Special effects by Wayne Beauchamp and Wendy Ferris. Filming locations uh, were uh, two of them in Kentucky, uh, Maysville and Covington. And then it was also filmed in Ohio in Cincinnati. So, um, starring. And I have to say, the acting in this movie, for the most part, was pretty fucking decent. And the actors involved, actors, actresses involved, starring Christina Hendricks, Bailey Madison, Martin Henderson, Louis Pullman, who, yes, is Bill Pullman's son, Emma Bellamy, Leah Enslin, Damien Maffei, Leah Roberts, Preston Sadler, and Gabriel A. Byrne. Now, interesting point here. So Emma Bellamy, Leah Enslin, and Damien Maffei basically play the strangers. None of these three actors were in the original film. I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, granted, you can get away with this. It's kind of like Michael Myers. How many people have played Michael Myers? How many people have played Jason Voorhees? When they have a mask on, you can get away with having different actors. But I got to say, especially in the terms of Emma Bellamy, who plays the girl who basically says, is Tamara home? I You really can't tell a difference. I, again, like I said, they're wearing a mask. I get it. But just the way they walk, the way they moved and everything, like, you couldn't tell a difference between one actor and another. So... It was pretty cool. I mean, like I said, they have the benefit of a mask. But none of the actors in the first film for The Strangers were in the second film. They had totally recasted all three. So that was kind of interesting. The synopsis for the film, a family's road trip takes a dangerous turn when they arrive at a secluded mobile home park. Trailer park, basically. I hate when people call them mobile homes. But then again, people hate calling them trailer parks too. What? Fuck it. Who cares? I'm reading the synopsis here. Family's road trip takes a dangerous turn when they arrive at a secluded mobile home park to stay with some relatives and find it mysteriously deserted. Under the cover of darkness, three masked psychopaths pay them a visit to test the family's every limit as they struggle to survive. So, before I get into my thoughts and my ratings and whatnot, I thought I'd share a collection of ratings that I got from other sources because this film seems like it's kind of divided. What else is new? <laughs> it's like, I, I, when did I write the other day? I wrote on 
uh, I think it was on Facebook or something. I don't know. One of my fucking social media accounts. I wrote something about, well, it is 2018, you know, basically there's always someone to hate something and there's, that's the problem. There's always going to be that someone who's going to hate something. And this whole bit of being divided on pretty much every film, every political idea, every thing, there's always a divide. So the Metacritic, uh, basically score on this film was at 50 percent i'm like really you gotta be fucking kidding me like it's like practically split down the middle and it was interesting because like for instance imdb has it listed at 6.1 out of 10 ign gives it an 82 out of 100 the av club gives it 75 out of 100 and indiewire gave it 83 out of 100 these are all nice high scores especially for a horror film and a sequel at that then you go to, like, Consequence of Sound, 42 out of 100. And both The Guardian and The Hollywood Reporter, not that I give a shit about either piece of fucking crap media source, but they are media sources, none the fucking less. Uh, they both gave it a 40 out of 100, and I'm like, okay, well, whatever. None of those three even really focus on horror, aside from when they want to poke jabs at something, so I really don't care what they think. Granted, IGN mainly focuses on video games, <laughs> like, but I don't know. IGN has become like you know they rate TV sh- TV shows, TV series, movies, everything these days. So who the fuck knows? Uh, AV Club movies, whatever. IndieWire. I kind of get IndieWire looking into this because technically this is still an independent film. And uh, IMDb, well, obviously Internet Movie Database. Uh, of all these fucking sites, they're the only ones I would actually pay much attention to. But then again, that's user based, and you know, I seen I seen the other day someone like posting some argument on the internet about you know people will jack up a movie with their scores, and you know, so that you know shitty movies are made to look better than they are, and the bad, the good movies are made to look worse than they are, and all. And I was like, "Fuck, really? This is the world we live in. Everyone's got a bitch about something." Of course, what am I doing right now? Bitching about something. So, anyways, my rating. I'll come at the end of my review. Um, I want to kind of talk about this movie for a bit. And uh, let's see, where do I start? I got a whole bunch of notes here. I want to save something for the very end because something something really put a fucking smile on my face in, at, in, within this movie. Uh, again, no spoilers. So this was tough trying to write all this, dance around it, whatnot. But basically, okay, so it's a sequel. It's The Strangers 2, Strangers, Pray at Night. And I got to say, it does take a page right out of the sequel handbook. It does more gore. It does more action. It does more death. Uh, and more of everything. More music. Uh, more flashy effects. There is actually... Now, maybe it's just because I wasn't... I, You know, I guess I kind of just sunk into the movie and wasn't paying attention. There was one jump scare where I literally felt my heart go... Whoo! I was like, oh, shit, that was cool. And I mean, like, put, like, the biggest smile on my face because I don't jump easy. So for the fact that I jumped at this one scene, I was like, thank you. Um, 
it hits its marks. Uh, I, 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 that's one thing that about this film that, you know, I walked out of the theater when it was done and it's, I, I think this one's like 87 minutes long. Like I don't, 87 or 82 or something like that. Like what I love about them, they're 90 minutes or less. You know what I mean? Like you're not in a theater long, which is great because the theater I went to was a little bit more cramped up than I'm used to. Lately, I've been going to, uh, the, we have this theater here in Windsor where it's like reclining seats and it's all comfy and spacey and you can like, you know, you can let it all hang out and nobody will fucking care. The theater I was at today, well, not so much space. So I was a little cramped up. I'm like, yeah, the shorter this film is, the better. But um, I don't know, it... it it does everything that a sequel should do. And again, also like, you know, time length, whatever, like same as the first film. The first film was 85 minutes. I believe this one's like 80 something minutes long. Um, great visuals, great special effects, more special effects were needed because there is more gore, more death. Uh, from what I could sense, while watching this, a lot of practical effects. Not too much in the way of CG, although there's one scene I think they might have been adding some computer imagery to it. But all in all, really good practical effects. Uh, now, one thing that I don't know if I feel it's a detracting factor or not, but this has a very different feel from the original film. The original film, for those of you who haven't seen it, fuck you because I'm spoiling it, okay? Um, the first film, there is like this heavy sense of doom. And we all know the bad guys win. The good people, they don't know. They don't walk away very happy. As a matter of fact, they don't walk away. They're dead. Um, so the first film is just heavy. It's burdening. It's brooding. It just, it's sinking. You're sinking with it. Like the two people that are the good people that, why is this happening to them? Well, too fucking bad for you because you're dead. This one, there's a lot of death, but I ain't saying on which side death comes. <laughs> um, okay, and... The one thing that kind of hurt a little bit. So, like I said earlier, the first film was a lot of stalking. It was a lot of, you know, hiding in the shadows. You see the mask come to the forefront and then it disappears. And there was a lot of, like, you know, playing with their prey sort of thing, which they do a lot of that in this film, but not as much. Um, this is more in your face. This is, again, it's the whole more death, more gore, more action, more in your face. That's exactly what it does. Um, but less of the stalking. I mean, they still, they play with their prey, but not as much as they did in the first film. Um, let's see what else. Like I said earlier, a bit more use of the music. Now, the music is really great, so I don't have a problem with this. But again, it's the whole go bigger for the sequel. The one, and I can't spoil shit, 
But there are a few moments that, okay, if, if obviously if you're seeing this, you've seen the first film. The first film, the strangers, as we'll call them, were very precise, very on point. They knew exactly what they were doing. They are very good at their craft. This second film, they make mistakes. It seems out of character. And there were things that were glaring. Like, I'm like, wait, what? How do you do that right in the first film? And this one, you fuck it up. Um, but maybe it, it, this can also be chalked up to that possibly the strangers are getting too cocky. You know, they, they've walked away from this several times. Like, we're assuming that there's been other times that you don't get that good at your craft without doing it a couple hundred times. So I'm assuming that they've stalked people before, and it's not just these two incidences where, you know, they've played with people like this and toyed with them until the point where they killed them. Um, so you're thinking to yourself, you know, they're, they're really good at their craft, and then we get to the second film, and they're, they're fucking up at times, and it's like, huh, okay. And, and there's... I want to say there's at least two scenes, possibly three, that really stand out. Where right away, like I, I was almost like my arms are up in the air. I'm like, wait, what? What? What are you doing? Um, but I guess that's kind of good because in a way, like it kept me very engaged in the film. It kept me very active in the film. Like, luckily, I went to a matinee showing today. And there was five people in the theater plus me. That's awesome. I love when that happens because I can talk, I can be animated, I can do whatever the fuck I want, and I'm probably not pissing anyone else off. Granted, they're doing the same. So, like I said, there, there. I want to say there's at least, well, there's two scenes for sure that if you really paid attention to the first film, the second these things happen on the screen, you're like, what the fuck? Um, so it is what it is. It, it, there's a lot of pluses to this film too. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm like, you know, kicking a dead horse here. Uh, the great acting, great acting, especially from Bailey Madison, who plays the daughter who's sporting a Ramon shirt, the whole fucking movie. And Martin Henderson, who plays the dad, the dad has a scene with one of the killers that is just brutally fucking awesome. And his acting is like, it's an 11. He's like way just fucking up at the top. But it's so awesome. Uh, this is this film is definitely a great homage to the slasher films of the 70s and 80s. Specifically, there's one scene, I'm not spoiling this, but there's one scene generally near the end of the film that you can literally tell it was an homage to a past property, a past film that clearly influenced this film. And the scene, it, 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 it's awesome. Like, it put a huge smile on my face just to see it because I was like, I know what you're doing. That's a nice homage right there. Like, that's the kind of things that I, I, I like when, when I see a movie, even if, like, you know, some people will turn around and say, oh, well, you know, they're stealing from this movie and they're stealing from that film. I don't always take it that it's they're stealing from another film sometimes i look at it that hey that was pretty fucking cool it's a nice homage you know so i really didn't have a problem with it uh okay 
So I, I wrote this down. The Killers Unmasked. Maybe. Maybe not. Could be one. Could be two. Could be three. I'm not going to tell you. But I will say this. At least one gets unmasked. That's all I'm going to say. Whether there's more or not, well, that's up to you to go see this movie and find out. But we do see one. And it's pretty fucking cool. Um, the awesome part about this set of films, like, and I'm including the first one and the second one together. We still don't know why these motherfuckers are doing this shit. Um, like, I mean, batshit fucking crazy? I guess, you know, they're bored on a Friday night, so let's go fucking kill some people. I don't, there's, there, there literally is no reason. Perfection. That's what makes it work. The original Halloween, what was so fucking great about that movie? Michael Myers, we didn't know why he was fucking nuts. We didn't know why he was going after Laurie Strode. We had no fucking clue. He just, 15 years later, decides he's going to break out of Smith's Grove and go after her and stalk her and kill her friends at the same time. That's what made it so fucking scary. Rob Zombie is much, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, not dissing on the man. But when he did Halloween, he gave Michael a backstory. Big mistake. Not having the backstory is what made Michael fucking scary as hell. Two. Two Stranger... The Strangers film. There are two of them now. We still don't know what the fuck is the reason these people are going out and killing. Perfect. Don't tell me why. I don't want to know their backstory. I don't want to know why they're doing it. I don't want to know what their driving force is. I just want to see them kill people and stalk them and watch people's reactions. That's some, I'll be honest with you. The four people, the, the, the husband, the wife, and the two kids, the great acting comes from their reactions. It's like, fuck, I, I, I don't know what I would react like. Their reactions are all different. Their reactions are... Something many of us will never know how we would actually react in that situation. That's where a lot of the great acting comes from. And like I said, specifically with the daughter, Bailey Madison, who plays, I think her name is Kinsey. And then Martin Henderson, who plays the father. I mean, and that's that's not to say that, you know, Christina Hendricks and, oh shit, I can't remember who played the son. Um, uh, Lewis Pullman. Wow, that slipped. Why that slipped my mind? Because I should have remembered. Anyways, uh, the two of them are just as good. Like, don't don't mistaken what I'm saying here. But Bailey Madison and Martin Henderson definitely stood out uh, when I was watching this film. Uh, especially, like I said, there there's one moment when Martin Henderson is dealing with one of the strangers. And his acting is just delightful. Um, okay, so I mentioned about music in this. 
Something that really put a smile on my face was the great use of 80s music. Specifically, uh, songs like Kim Wilde's uh, The Kids of America. This song makes a return. Um, And the last time I think I'd seen this used in a film, if I remember correctly, and we're going way back to a time when I really wish I had never seen this movie, but I saw it anyways. I believe it was used in the movie Clueless, was the last time I saw it used in a movie. I know, I actually watched that piece of shit. But anyways... So, that was featured in this movie. Uh, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart, which the last time I saw that in a movie, was used in Dead Snow 2. That movie kind of ruined the song for me. Uh, If you've seen Dead Snow 2, you know why. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I'm being, like, you know, overdramatic here because... Obviously, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart was not ruined for me after that movie. I just like to say it was because of the scene and whatnot. Uh, But okay, so Deadpool. I don't know. You're probably wondering, how the fuck did Deadpool get into all this? Deadpool made Careless Whisper a hit all over again. Okay, so what did this movie do? It made Air Supply relevant again. The best use I've ever seen of air supply used in a movie, and we're... Okay, so when I was a kid growing up, I know, let's go down memory lane. Um, Anyways, when I was a kid growing up, my mom had Air Supply's Greatest Hits. And you know when you're a kid, you know, you... I mean, I'm talking, like, really young. I think I was, like, you know, seven or eight years old. When you're that young, you don't have style yet. You don't know what you like. I mean, you know you like He-Man and G.I. Joe. Or, you know, if you were a female, it was, you know, Barbie and, you know, My Little Pony. Whatever. Strawberry Shortcake. So, you know, my mom used to play the Air Supply Greatest Hits, and I'd listen to it. You know, I mean, well, what kid's going to tell his mom, no, I don't want to fucking listen to this, you know, put Skinny Puppy on. Like, my mom would have looked at me like, huh? Uh, (laughs) Anyways, out of all the songs that was on that Greatest Hits tape, cassette we're really going back anyways there was only one that i liked and ironically it was the one song written by jim steinman who is responsible for meatloaf uh not the food the artist i know bad joke anyways so jim steinman you know responsible for meatloaf does this one song for air supply and of course it's the song used in this movie uh and it's kind of interesting because as a kid growing up, that song always kind of stuck with me. And it became one of those things that was like the skeleton in my closet. I didn't want anyone to know I still like this song at 42 years old. Well, this movie made it cool again. So now I can kind of listen to it and be like, well, you know, it was in the Stranger sequel. You know what I mean? Like, anyways, yeah, they made Air Supply relevant again. It, it was I'm not going to say what scene it's in. That's for you to go watch the movie. But when all of a sudden you're just watching the, the shit unfold on the on the screen and you hear Air Supplies making love out of nothing at all, playing in the background, it's like fucking hilarious. Like, Not to mention, like I said, like Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. When they use that in the movie, it's like so like random. It's so out of place, but it works. 
Uh, it's kind of like, uh, for those of you who are familiar with the movie Phenomena, where like at there were just scenes where like Iron Maiden would start playing. You kind of wonder why. It worked in its own fucked up way, but you'd wonder why was Iron Maiden playing? Um, this was another of those situations where it's like the musical selection that comes up. You're like, okay, I'll never listen to that song the same way again, but hey, that's pretty fucking cool. So anyways, yeah, that was a moment that like really put a smile on my face was all of a sudden this shit of carnage is just unfolding on, on, on the screen and air supply is playing. And I'm like, what the fuck? And of course I know the song and I remember growing up with it. I'm like, oh, all right. All in all, what do I really think about this movie? Definitely a fun sequel. Uh, not as, I wrote, not as horrific as the first, but it'll still bring a smile to your face, I think. My final rating, rating, ranting, raining, raining. I'm all a little bit nasal tonight. Weather was all fucked up. It was snowing again today. Like, what the fuck, man? My sinuses can't take much more of this shit, and I love the winter. I will be the first guy that, like, when it's, like, October and it's snowing on Halloween, I'm happy about it. Most people are like, go hang yourself. But anyways, my final rating for this. Uh, the original for me has always been, like, an 8 or a 9. Like, I fucking love the original. Uh, this one, 7.5. I think 7, 7.5 is about where I would rate this one. Uh, will there be a third? Dramatic pause. That remains to be seen. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I can't really say a whole lot without spoiling. So I can't say a whole lot. Let's just say there could be, there might not be. We'll never know. But the, this is horror films at their finest, right? I find almost every horror film these days sets up things for a sequel, even when there's not a sequel planned. So, yeah, maybe. But again, like I said, it remains to be seen. But you know what doesn't remain to be seen? The end of this episode. Because it's now... And thank you for listening, everyone. It wasn't the episode I was planning. If you remember tuning in last week, I wanted to have my friend Jacob on here and we were going to talk brain damage. Things have come up and unfortunately, he couldn't be a part of this week's episode. We will eventually do it. I just don't know when. Um, So... All in all, though, I do want to thank everyone for still tuning in this week. If you have not seen The Strangers Pray at Night, can I recommend it? Go see it. I think you will really enjoy it. I'm glad I went and saw it. I had a lot of fun watching it. And try to keep your expectations low, because if you do, you'll walk out with a smile on your face. If you put them up too high, uh-uh, you're going to be disappointed. So, that's that. And I might as well spit off all the different ways 
You can find the podcast online, and then we'll get out of here and make sure you stick around for the final song of the episode because it's a motherfucking scream. Okay, so the podcast. First place you can find it. Nextlevelradioonline.com slash podcast zero. That's the home for podcast zero. Next Level Radio, Next Level Network. It's the home. And check out the other podcasts while you're over there too. Oh, there's some good shit, man. Not just DC Primetime either. Caffeine Crew, Two Fat Dudes. The Melting Pat, Con Talk, uh, Panels to Pixels, the Showcast Spotlight. I mean, there's a lot of good shit over there. So check them all out, man. You never know. You might like something. And look at it like old old episodes, too. I was going to say issues, but check out their old episodes. Like, you know, there's a lot of cool interviews and shit like that. Fuck, even I go back and look at some of the stuff I didn't listen to originally, and it's like, oh, hey, cool. So yeah, check out nextlevelradioonline.com, podcast zero. If you want to email the podcast, what lurks behind podcast zero at gmail.com. Facebook, yeah. What I normally call fuckbook. But anyways, Facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero. On Instagram. Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero. Twitter. Or shitter, whatever you want to fucking call it. Anyways. On Twitter, at WLB Podcast underscore zero. On Vero, at What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. Letterbox.com. I still have to post my review on there for the strangers. Pray at night. It will be on there soon. But, anyways, letterbox.com slash WLB underscore podcast zero. And rubbubble.com slash people slash podcast number zero. Go on there. I just posted like four new designs last night. Um, and they're kind of cool. Uh, nothing overly original, obviously. Uh, kind of like an homage to like Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. I did a kind of cool like Return of the Living Dead t-shirt design kind of thing. And there's a whole bunch of shit on there. There's clocks. There's acrylic blocks. There's uh, traveling mugs. Apparel. A whole bunch of shit. You know, greeting cards. I don't know if you have use for what lurks behind podcast greeting card, but you never know. So check it out, you know, and um, I think that's about it. I don't think I opened any other social media accounts. (laughs) It's pretty bad when I got to like keep track of that shit. But thank you for listening. You are all a wonderful audience. I know I'm kind of sometimes I go a little off the rails. I do funny voices and shit like that. Horror is, like, something that I'm very passionate about, so I act very stupid with it. I don't care what people think, so if I act a little fucking crazy, well, then too fucking bad. Either you like it or you don't. If you keep coming back, I assume you like it. And if you like it, you lick it. That's not going to be the tagline, by the way, for, you know, when I sign off. Today's sign-off is going to be, thank you for listening. And remember, if someone comes to your door asking for Tamara, don't hesitate. Punch that fucking bitch in the head and get the fuck out of Dodge. See you next week.
I know just how to whisper And I know just how to cry I know just where to find the answers And I know just how to lie I know just how to fake it And I know just how to scheme I know just when to face the truth And then I know just when to dream And I know just where to touch you And I know just what to prove I know when to pull you closer And I know when to let you loose And I know the night is